welcome to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping increase your daily exposure to God's Word with a short scripture reading and brief commentary on key ideas, themes, and theology in each chapter. Now please join your host, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Well, welcome to the Reading the Bible Daily Podcast. Today is January 1st, and my name is Dave Jenkins. I am the Executive Director of Servants of Grace Ministries. The format for this show is I'm going to be reading one chapter of Scripture every day, and then I'm going to offer an explanation of key ideas, key themes, and the theology very briefly. Because my goal is, is to get you in God's Word for about 5 minutes to 20 minutes every day. So this would be a good show to listen as you get ready or as you're driving to work um, and all of that. So now let's get into our reading of God's Word today. I'm going to start with Genesis 1 and we'll just work our way through the whole Bible. So Genesis 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And so God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its sign. And God saw that it was good. 
And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, the explanation of this chapter. Remember, I'm going to only give key thoughts and themes and some of the theology here. Now, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, they differ from those that follow. Chapters 12 through 50, they're going to focus on one main family line in considerable detail, whereas what we'll see in chapters 1 through 11 describe a survey of the world before Abraham. These opening chapters differ not only in their subject matter from chapter 12 onward, but also because there are no real parallels in the patriarchal stories of other literatures. In contrast to the patriarchal stories, other ancient non-biblical stories do exist recounting stories about creation and the flood. The existence of these stories does not challenge the authority or the inspiration of Genesis itself. The non-biblical stories, they stand in sharp contrast to the biblical account and they help readers appreciate the unique nature and character of the biblical account of creation and the flood. In other ancient literary traditions, creation is a great struggle often involving conflict between the gods. The flood was sent because the gods could not stand the noise made by human beings and yet they could not control it. And so through these stories, the people of the ancient world learned their traditions about the gods they worshipped and the way of life that people should follow. Babylonian versions of creation and flood stories were designed to show that Babylon was the center of the religious universe and its civilization was the highest achieved by mankind. Now, reading Genesis, readers see that it is designed to refute these stories. There is only one God whose word is almighty. He has only to speak and the world came into being. The sun and the moon are not gods in their own right, but are created by the one God, the biblical God. This God does not need feeding by man as the Babylonians believed they did by offering sacrifices. 
but he supplies man with food. It is human sin, not divine announcement, that prompts the flood. And far from Babylonian's tower, Babel, reaching heaven, it became a reminder that human pride could neither reach nor manipulate God. These principles, which we see clearly in this section of Genesis, starting in Genesis 1 through 11, these are truths that run throughout the whole of the Word of God. The unity of God is a fundamental truth to biblical theology, that is, the whole storyline of Scripture, as is His almighty power, His care for mankind, His judgment on sin. Now, it may not always be obvious how these chapters relate to geology and archaeology, but their theological message is crystal clear. In fact, read in their intended sense, they provide the fundamental presuppositions for the rest of the Bible. These chapters should act as eyeglasses so that readers focus on the points their author is making and go on to read the rest of the Bible in light of them. So today we're reading Genesis 1. We're talking about what it means. And here scripture opens for us a majestic description of how the Lord God created the heavens and the earth and how he ordered the earth so that it may become his dwelling place. Now, structured into seven sections, each is marked by the use of a set amount of phrases. The entire episode, it conveys the picture of the all-powerful, transcendent God, how he sets everything in place with consummate skill in conformity to his grand design. Now, the emphasis here is on how God orders or structures everything. In fact, the structure of the account uh, in Genesis 1 is seen in verses 1 through 2 where after giving the setting, he then describes the six workdays in verses 3 through 31, and the seventh day, which we're going to see uh, tomorrow in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. And each of these six workdays, they follow the same pattern. It becomes with, and, and God said, and closes with, and there was evening, and there was morning the next day. And so, after declaring that God is the creator of all things in verse 1, the focus of the rest of Genesis, beginning in Genesis 1-3, is on God bringing things into existence by his word and ordering the created things, which says, let the waters be gathered together in verse 9, rather than on how the earth was created as we see in verse 1. Now, different features in our text in Genesis 1 indicate this. Vegetation is mentioned on day three prior to the apparent creation of the sun in day four. Viewed in its ancient Near Eastern context, Genesis 1 says that God created everything, but it is also an account of how God has structured creation, its ordered complexity. Readers are introduced in the first three days to day, night, the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all these items, and only these being specifically named by God. And in days four through six, the distinctive regions are populated, the heavens with lights and birds, the seas with fish and swarming creatures, and the earth with livestock and creeping things. God finally gives authority to human beings as his vice regents to govern all creatures. Now, Genesis 1 established a hierarchy of authority. Humanity is divinely commissioned to govern other creatures on behalf of God. The ultimate purpose being that the whole earth should become the temple of God, the place of his presence, and should display the glory of God. Now, Genesis 1.26 says that the Lord made us in his image. 
Now, the text here does not specify the identity of us mentioned here. Some suggest that God may be addressing the members of his course who, who the Old Testament elsewhere calls the sons of God in Job 1.6, and the New Testament calls angels, but a significant objection to this is that man is not made in the image of angels, nor is there any indication that angels participated in the creation of human beings. Many Christians and some Jews have taken us in this text to be God speaking to himself since God alone does the making in Genesis 1:27, which would be the first hint of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the Bible. There has been debate about the expression, the image of God, as we see in Genesis 1:27. Many scholars put the idea used here in the ancient Near East of the king, who is visible representatives of deity. Thus, the king ruled on behalf of the God. And since Genesis 1:26 links the image of God with the exercise of dominion over all the creatures of the sea, heavens and the earth, one can see that humanity is endowed here with the authority to rule as the representative God or his vice regents. Now, other scholars, seeing the plural of male and female, they've concluded that humanity expresses God's image in relationship, particular in a well-functioning human community, both in marriage and in wider society. Now, traditionally, the image of God has been seen as the capacity that sets man apart from other animals in ways in which humans resemble God, such as the characteristic of reason, morality, language, a capacity for relationships governed by love and a commitment and creativity in all the forms of art. Now, all these insights can be put together by observing that resemblance man is like God in a series of ways that allows mankind to represent God in ruling and to establish worthy relationships with the Lord, with one another, and with the rest of creation. This image and this dignity, it applies both to male and female human beings. The Hebrew term Adam translated man is often a generic term that denotes both male and female, while sometimes it also refers to man as in distinction from woman when it becomes the proper name Adam. Now, at this stage, humanity is a species, is set apart from all creatures and crowned with glory and honor as ruler of the earth. Now, the events recorded in Genesis 3 are going to have an important bearing on the creation status of humanity. The term subdue that we see in Genesis 1.28, it means to bring a people or land into subjection so that it will yield service to the one subduing it. And the idea here is that man and woman are to make the earth's resources beneficial for themselves, which means that they would have to investigate and develop the earth's resources to make them useful for human beings. So this command, it provides the foundation for wise scientific and technological development. The evil uses of it to which people have put their dominion come as a result of Genesis 3, which we'll see in a few days. Over everything in Genesis 1.28, it means, as God's representatives, human beings are to rule over every living thing on the earth. 
These commands are not a mandate to exploit the earth and its creatures to satisfy human greed. For the fact that Adam and Eve were made in the image of God in Genesis 1.27, it means that God's expectation that human beings will use the earth wisely and govern it with the same sense of responsibility and care that God has towards the whole of his creation. Now, be fruitful and multiply is a motif throughout Genesis that is associated with divine blessing, and it serves as the basis of the biblical view that raising children is part of God's creation plan for mankind. God's, God's creation plan is that the whole earth should be populated by those who know him and who serve wisely as his vice regents or representative. Now, everything that the Lord God creates is good. While many things do not appear to be good about the present-day world, this is not true at the beginning of the world, as we're seeing here today in Genesis 1. Now, Genesis uh, goes on to explain why things have changed, indicating that no blame should be attributed to God. Everything he created was good. It, it answers to God's purpose and expresses his overflowing goodness. Despite the invasion of sin we see in Genesis 3, the material creation retains the goodness of God. Now, ask yourself some questions as you end your time now with our reading and with this devotional. Was there anything that stood out in this particular chapter of Genesis to you? Write those thoughts down, make a note of them. Uh, what are some things that you might have learned that you didn't know, even if you've read this chapter over and over again? Write down those thoughts. Uh, do you have any questions about what you read here in this passage? Write those down. Those are These kind of questions are aimed to help you to go a little bit deeper into the text, maybe at another time. Do you have questions about how God made the world? Well, what we saw today is God clearly made. God spoke, and all things came into existence, and he saw that it was good. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. My name is Dave, and may God bless you and your day as you continue to dwell, continue to take what you've read today and dwell on it, to meditate on it. Uh, may God bless the reading of his word and the study of his word. And may you have a great day and joyous day in Christ alone. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Reading the Bible Daily with Dave podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to also like, subscribe, or follow Servants of Grace on Facebook, Instagram, X, or YouTube. We appreciate your support.